Sean Sean is a fresh of breath there. He just loves chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love eating it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? It's still swollen. It kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. Stitching, you got it. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, Stay focused. Um, Work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It feels a bomb. It feels a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Witty Nation, welcome everyone to episode 127 of the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast, the number one self-rated Buffalo sports podcast covering the Bills, the Sabres, entertainment, and everything in between. And as always, part of the Built-In Buffalo Podcast Network. Go follow us on Twitter at WittySports716. Hit that follow. And make sure you follow and check out everything Built-In Buffalo is giving you every single day. The best Bills content out there every day. YouTube, Facebook, at Built-In Buffalo underscore. We're your hosts. I am Matt. He is Tony. Tony, what's going on? We're now in OTAs. Our first look at Dalton Kincaid, an agile poon afford. No DT in the draft, he's our reward. Josh is siphoned up, sure field. In the Z, he has appeal. Only it's the end of May. Phase two of OTAs. Matt, what's up? A little cold play there. A little cold play, a little Viva La Vida. Viva La Vida. Viva La Mafia. Flow just like... Oh, okay. I wonder if Tampa Bay did a lot of like Viva La Vida for Vita Vea. If they didn't, it was a huge missed opportunity. If they didn't, like yeah, like you're you're sleeping on a gold mine there. Right. It would be like super embarrassing if they didn't do that. Right. That's like Mario Williams signing with the Bills and them not doing Super Mario in game promos on the jump. Yes, track. like everything. Everything with like a classic SNES motif. Yes. I think they had like him as Mario like jumping on the quarterback like he's in the video game and those are fun yeah i feel like that was like the beginning of that era of content for, like nicknames. like memory like the beginning it's like the beginning of memory you know but like in a yeah in like a video editing way yeah yeah like that's the early meme. that was yeah that was early me tony have you gotten down so from what's the up high of a uh, rochester's big week how are those lilacs <laughs> doing well i'm you know i mean they're in full bloom they were in full bloom anyway the, the fest is over but the lilacs remain. The Goodyear blimp so is they're gone. They're good. So, RIP. No, the Goodyear blimp is gone. I no longer look to it. Uh, car accidents have dropped three times in Monroe County now that the Goodyear blimp is gone. Thank goodness. People not paying but, attention. Yeah, because everyone just wants to look up at the blimp. It was a, it was a big like again meme source. Like everything was jokes about the Goodyear blimp uh, in the Rochester uh, zeitgeist. And rightfully, so, any- I was just as guilty as anybody. <laughs> looking up at the blimp while driving oh yeah and just oh, like anything from independence day tony looking don't look up to the sky while driving it can cause accidents well that's true and in many ways it was a possible apocalyptic situation happening the goodyear blimp takeover tony some say last episode was our best episode ever and by some i oh, mean wait me. till this week baby wait till this week we are as buffalonians do best winging it this week oh. uh, no we get we got a lot of stuff to talk about 
We got OTAs, of course, as you sang to a couple minutes ago. Got a lot to talk about regarding OTAs. We got a lot to talk about the players that are there and some of the players that are not there. But you teased a couple weeks ago after your last fan advisory board meeting. Listeners, remember, we are the only podcast with a member on the (laughs) official Buffalo Bills fan advisory board. So if you have questions for Tony, if you want Tony to take your thoughts to the top at One Bills Drive, hit us up on Twitter. But Tony, you teased a big opportunity that was teased for you by the Bills brass at the last FAB meeting. Tony, I thought for this week's draft season, hashtag draft SCN, we could draft what that opportunity could be or what we think that opportunity could be. And Tony, because you are on the fan advisory board, I will let you have the first pick this week. Tony, what do you think or what are you hoping for that the opportunity the Bills are giving to the FAB, the fan advisory board, could be? Matt, there was so much disinformation just spread. I may as well be living in Florida. Uh, last week, which was weeks after the, the FAB meeting, we received an email. And it was a very strange email. The email simply said, keep an eye on your email in the next week or so because uh, you'll be getting an email from a Bill's email address with an opportunity that we're excited to offer all of you. So I've been obsessively checking my email. Like, what the hell is this? Today, as of this record, this marks one week. Now, he said the next week or so. So like we're getting we're getting tight with it over here. Time with time. Yeah, I know. And we got more important so, things with OTAs going on this week, but no, they don't. No, my role in this organization is is the important part. <laughs> so I've been obsessively checking this, and then I come to you and I say, let's speculate wildly on the show as to what this mysterious opportunity could be, Matt. This is my proposal for what the mysterious opportunity could be. Bill's Mafia is about to make right on its name. And we will be part of a team executing the first hit in Bill's Mafia history. An historic occasion reserved for history-making people. The first hit is coming. Beware. Wow. Wow. The first hit. Oh, my gosh. Going Sopranos with it. I like it. Well, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, if you add up the mystery, the ambiguity of the email, Mm -hmm. you know, they don't want they don't want any information being trackable. Come on. It's the first hit. Let's talk about the email itself, Tony, and specifically who the email could be coming from. Now, I'm of the assumption that it could be coming from just a general outbox info at buffalobills.com. But once you get that URL handle, say it's from a person, say it's from john.doe at buffalobills.com. I would take that information and run with it. Can I email Josh Allen at josh.allen at buffalobills.com? Can I email uh, Brandon this is Bean actually... at brandon.bean? At, like, I'm going to use that official email I receive and try to get into the weeds or in other bills brass personnel their inboxes we many of us get emails from bills email addresses all the time our what do you call it like our customer service ticket person that we all have would be one you know anybody else that we know through the fab would be one they all have the at um i think it's i'm just saying this offhand because i don't care to look but i think it's at nfl.buffalobills.com 
or maybe net or something. It's something. But yes, I've mm-hmm. often wondered and speculated. So I can just follow this format and do Brandon Bean. Is that what you're telling me here? And I believe <laughs> I that is that. what they're telling me. I would try. It. I, what would you What would you email him if you're if you're gonna put if you're just gonna put yourself out there and be like, you know what? I'm shooting a message to Brandon Bean. What are you What are you gonna put? I'd pull a Frank Costanza and, and invite Steinbrenner over for dinner <laughs> and ask why he made this trade. How could you trade Jay Buna? Jay Buna. <laughs> so who's your Jay Buna? Who? What's the? What are you calling Brandon Bean oh, out? Cody on? Ford, easily. Oh no, really? No, gosh, no. Why wouldn't you go Wyatt Teller? Yeah, of course it'd be Wyatt Teller. To me, Wyatt Teller, Wyatt Teller is the Jay Buna of this organization. Absolutely. I was just joking with Cody Ford. Cody Ford should never be at a Buffalo Bills dinner table discussion yeah. in any way. I mean, I basically thought you meant like, well, I'm going to ask about Cody Ford and why he was on the team so long. That's a valid, mm-hmm. valid question. We all wonder that. Why was Russell Bodine on the team? How did you trade get any trade capital for Russell Bodine? What was the secret there for you to get a seventh round pick back for Russell Bodine? But yes, that is interesting. So, Tony, your first pick is to embrace the mafia name finally and issue the first yeah, hit. We're, we're- we're putting out a hit. Someone's going down in, in this community. I like it. My first pick, thinking of uh, opportunities that because of your dedication being part of the fan advisory board that other people obviously would not get. Being on the fan advisory board itself is falls in this category, but something that would be a cool experience for the fan advisory board. So my number one pick Go on a tour of the city with the rookies. Of course, as Bills fans know, based on the the Bills embedded videos, the rookies every year mm-hmm. go on a tour to acclimate themselves to the city. They go to the Naval Park. They go to New Era. They get to pick out a free hat, which would be awesome. Who doesn't love to get a free hat from <laughs> the great folks at New Era? And if they want to sponsor this podcast. I would love a free hat from New Era. The best, the best hat company in the world. The best Quality stitch. High quality hats. High quality hats not and not a single designs. human rights issue. <laughs> no, no, nowhere in the world do they have any single human rights issues or legal issues with some of the no, I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> yeah. You know, they just uh, it's like New Era just supports the right group of people every time. Yes. Fine. It's really refreshing. Citizens like Russ Brandon paid under the table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that'd be a really cool thing to do is go on uh the, the rookie tour around the city, eat some wings, stop at New Era, stop at the Naval Park and Canal Side. Most of the fan advisory board, no Buffalo, obviously, these places that they stop at are new. But I think it would be interesting to get it through a rookie's perspective for being in Buffalo the first time. See how they react to the city, see how they take to it. If somebody's from a, a big city like New York City or Miami, what, what mm-hmm. their thoughts are about buffalo like i think that'd just be a cool experience to to see it through it's kind of like me going to disney with my kids like i'm not the biggest fan of disney but seeing it through my kids eyes that's kind of a cool experience i think that'd be the same if i went on the rookie tour just seeing buffalo through rookie's eyes being in the city for the first time i think that'd be cool yeah that'd be cool i mean obviously it'd be cool to just like hang out with them but yeah to see it like that like you said through through them and like like i'm the alpha with the rookie you know, like the rookies leaning on me a little bit to tell them like cool Buffalo stuff and to make Buffalo yeah, like asking cool you questions. for them. Yeah. Yeah. Like that would be like that would be an interesting and wild experience. Whereas usually, you know, usually like there's like a power, the power structure is reversed. I also think it'd be funny if like 
<laughs> to see how they react to like, oh, new era, cool, like headquarters here, free hack, naval park, eh, kind of boring. <laughs> I, I'm guessing these these rookies who were in college last year living probably the high life being stars on their football team and whatnot, uh, weren't right. <laughs> studying for their exams, thinking about, wonder what the Buffalo Naval Park is up to these days. Yeah. When they're studying for history 110 and learning yeah. about, I guess it'd be World War II. What is the ship from? What year is the ship is the Little Rock from? Vietnam? Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. But I don't know. Whatever war card, is I don't know. play here. Whenever they're learning. One of the wars. Whenever they're not learning about their war. Yeah. I'm like, one of the hmm. wars. Love to the get Infinity my hands on one of these aircraft carriers. <laughs> I think it's from the Infinity War. Oh, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. The Infinity War. Probably what they wrote on their test and like got full credit. <laughs> Probably. What war? You know did... how it goes. You went to Ohio State. You know how it goes. Yeah, I know. Oh, I know how it goes. Trust me. There are athletes in a lot of my classes. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they did not try at all. Tony, your second pick. What do you got? Uh, my second pick. So my first thought was like, okay, what cool experience is being hyped up here? So my first thought obviously was was to go across the pond and something related to that. Mm-hmm. But then I thought, how are we really contributing as fan leaders here? So my thought, my proposal is this. We are, in fact, going to her mag- to his majesty's kingdom. Forgive me. But we are going to find uh, a replacement in the Christian Wade model. We're finding roster spot number 91. We are recruiters slash scouts in parks and amateur athletes. And we are looking for someone who can count in the exchange program to bring into training camp in roster spot number 91. We know the roster is full at 90, but the only way we can add a player is is to use that exemption. A foreign player. Yep. By finding someone in London while we're there. Let's let's be real here. You're just going to find Christian Wade again. <laughs> I'm just going to find Crystal Fernandez and bring him in. <laughs> which would be a thrill. Ross, as a bill. Yeah. That'd be amazing. It'd be great to have two aces. I think that, that'd be a great. Uh, get a trip to London. Represent the Bills and yeah. the Mafia. Maybe you can combine your first two picks. A hit in London. Oh, wow. Real that go, would be go real that's how it's done. blinders with it. Uh, yeah, that would be some serious shit. Yeah. Then I believe I'm like, it truly is the mafia. Yes. Global. global right. Oh, good second, mafia's good, going good global. Second pick. Good second pick. Tony, my second pick. The fan advisory board will get the opportunity to be the first to taste test Josh Allen's new cereal, Captain Clutch. Obviously, you oh, play off of Captain wait, this... Crunch. Right. And is this cereal new? And, and, is it real, I mean? No, I made it up. But it should be oh, new. Okay, it okay. should be real. Yes, of course. I mean, Josh's Jacks is all fine and good, but what's a Jack? And what does it have to do with Josh? Captain Clutch was the only plausible <laughs> cereal spinoff. Should have done it. He's Clutch. He's the captain. Should have had a cool, like, captain character with Josh. Josh's face <laughs> and that yeah, Yeah, it looks like Josh hat. in, like, a pirate hat. Yeah, like, like, I'm sure he'd be thrilled is... at that photo shoot too. Well, based on Josh, and we'll get into Josh's escapades in a little bit here, but Josh is putting on a, a brave face for what the Bills have him rolling out doing. I saw today a video of him like interacting with some like kooky old man who I don't know where he was from, but the kooky old man <laughs> was doing. Yeah, go on the Bills Twitter feed. It's some guy probably in his 70s. I don't, again, don't know where he's from. But he was doing these like weird voices like, 
hello like kind of like seinfeld bonjour josh should win an oscar because he is this generation's greatest actor for <laughs> even for showing a smidge of enjoyment yeah, or interest in what this kooky old man was saying and kooky's being kind wow okay now here's what i here's my thought on josh's jacks or josh's jocks for the spelling of jacks yeah the only way to make it make sense is to make it a french toast flavored cereal like a cinnamon toast crunch then it's like french jacques french it's all like it all ends up as like some sort of theme here yeah josh's jacques and the jacques because then it's french is french toast actually french i don't know and i don't care the Dumbbells Mafia no, people won't know the difference anyway. Are fries actually French? Don't know. Don't care. I don't know. Doesn't matter. It's all marketing, baby. It tastes delicious. Yeah, it's all marketing. And Captain Clutches I mean, would I be like, a better yeah. marketing play for the cereal business. Tony, your third and final pick. My third and final pick has the email going a little bit something like this. Fan advised word, we have an amazing opportunity for you to be a part of Bill's history. It's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. We would like to use your shovels for the groundbreaking ceremony. Damn, I had that one. <laughs> but, but we're not actually invited to be a part of it. They just want to use our shovels. <laughs> cruel twist. And then, yeah, it's a cruel. It's, it's a very cruel twist. And then we can forever tell our kids and grandkids, hey, Poland cars is we're using my shovel. So were you a part of this? No, my just, cars? Borrow my that's shovel. my shovel. And I don't think I ever got it back. Wow, Grandpa. <laughs> yeah. Dad, Grandpa's crazy. He's talking about himself. his famous yeah. shovel. Yeah, exactly. He's talking about his famous shovel. His famous shovel that built the Bills Stadium. The most modern stadium in all the land. Just like, you just build this crazy story in your old age about this shovel. It's like, this was the same yeah. shovel used by John Henry. <laughs> right. The, train the shovel was like, the shovel handle itself was from like lightning struck a tree like in uh, the yeah. natural. Like Thor. Yeah. The metal came from space, like a meteorite came down, and that's the metal yes. used to forge you just the build this wild, fantastical story about mm-hmm. the origins and life of the shovel. That'd be incredible. All that happened was, you know, Mark Polencars, President Polencars, used it, just stuck it in the ground, and the Bills <laughs> shrine to football emerged. Yeah, he was there. So it was some weird TikToker that no one knew. Yes, announced the Bills' third-round pick. <laughs> yeah, that guy. You know who I'm talking You know who I'm alluding to. No, I don't, because I don't know his name. I don't know his don't name. Don't care to know his name. I hate it. I hate that. I, I wish I, I knew I, his name. So I hate there that was some guy with surrounding fiber of my being. Who had one Bill's drive thought that was a good idea? I don't know. It doesn't. I mean, we're like. I don't get it. We're, we're like a month past the draft now. I'm just like, why? Why do you have this no-name guy who never mentions the Bills on his Twitter and probably hasn't mentioned the Bills on his Twitter since the draft announcing this pick? when there's literally a million fans who would be a better choice. It'd be a better PR story. I know. Not the ball on that one. Buffalo. It's, what, it's the, the conversation that, that every single one of us had. Everyone listening and w- had this conversation with someone else. Yes, exactly. Oh, and like, in five what years, we're going to have a conversation about why he has your shovel. <laughs> yeah. Why does this guy have my shovel? Uh, Tony, my third and final pick. I went with a play on the word mafia as well, but, uh, not not as literal as you took it with your first pick. I'm going to say the opportunity given to the fan advisory board from the brass at One Bills Drive. You are going to be in a scene of the new Bills social media hit musical 
mafia exclamation oh. point kind of like rent <clears throat> less aids okay i was thinking like oklahoma yeah, that, it's, like, it's like oklahoma. Has an exclamation point yep it's like it's like oklahoma well that'd be that, great that i mean i have a lot of singing and songwriting experience as all do. of our listeners know you'd be perfect for it yeah i think so uh, it seems I'll to be, be the natural progression of <laughs> it seems to be the natural progression though of bill's social media they're doing like weird odd things that become odder and odder as we go along here a full-fledged musical seems to be in the cards if they don't call it you know Mafia, i would love point, that i don't know what they do i would absolutely yes i would love a full-on bill's musical like what would the plot line be what's your pitch on the bill's musical i don't know i'm thinking like an 80 for brady thing but with the fan advisory board, like you got to get to the Super Bowl. <laughs> right. You got to get to the suit. Yeah. Oh, okay. Is it like, so are the main characters, the bills themselves, or is it the fans that are the main characters? Mm, you know what? I haven't fully thought this out. <laughs> I'm going to say the okay. fans at this point, if we're in the early pre-draft stages of writing a script for mafia, the musical, I'm going to say it's the fans as the main character, the fans. Are the too, like that makes sense for the title. I think. Yes, I think so. We'll, we'll work mm-hmm. on it. Put a pin in it. I mean, it. there's a writer's this strike going on now, so we thing. can't work on it now. But once the writers end that strike, right. we'll get on it. Yes. Are the theater writers involved in the strike? I feel like they're not. Should be. They get no respect as it is. I, yeah. I mean, every writer should be a part of the strike. Everyone should support the strike. <laughs> we're all in the stri- if, one, if one member of the working class is in the strike, we're all in the strike. Solidarity. That's what it's about, baby. That could be the first number for Mafia the Musical. Strike. Solidarity. Oh, strike. Yeah, Bill's Mafia goes on strike. We are <laughs> sick of the high hot dog prices. Yes. We won't we won't stand for Delaware North not being the concession provider of the new stadium. Oh my gosh. Opposite. But okay. That that could be a premise. Come on. We're spitballing here, people. It could be, yeah. But it could be to oust Delaware North. Oh. Well, they already did that, so we win. Mm. You I guess I guess that's true. Anyway. <laughs> that's our draft. Tony will give us when he finds officially that email uh, will give us the news of what this big opportunity could be for the fan advisory board. Uh, Tony, when's the next fan advisory board meeting? Uh, It'll be in the middle of summer. Okay. Of course, like we did last week, we'll put our draft online. Tell us who you think. One, we missed anything. If you have some thoughts about what this opportunity could be for the fan advisory board, let us know. We'll put it on Twitter at Woody Sports 716. So make sure you're following. Tony, we got a lot of bills to talk about. They're back. The boys are back in town for OTAs. Tony, you ready to send it to Marv and talk some bills OTAs? I think I need to hear some Marv in my ears. We need to hear some Marv. Marv, take it away. We'll be back after the break. Go, go. Bills fight, bills go. Come on, let's win for Buffalo. And we are back. Tony, the Bills are back at One Bills Drive for voluntary, emphasis on the vol, on Terry, OTAs. But before we get into happenings on the field, let's talk about off the field. And that's Josh's escapades. The man is on a globetrotting adventure, like he's about to announce his run for presidency. He's at the PGA. He's at the Blue Jays game. He's getting visited by celebrities, interviewed by media outlets. If the man wasn't a superstar before, he's he's certainly putting his his foot in the ground and and claiming that superstar status, wouldn't you say? I think that he was a superstar before. 
in that level. I think a lot of people talk about him. I think he's in high demand. And I don't know if so much it's that he's acting like it, but wherever he shows up, wherever he shows his face, everyone basically just exploits him and like, oh, we got to get Josh involved in this now. Right. Pretty much I'm saying this based on how involved he was at the uh, PGA in that all of a sudden, and that he shows up, he's a member of the club. So not weird for him to be there. And then all of a sudden he's got like an official autograph signing time. Right. He's walking with Rory on the course. He's visiting Jim Nance. <laughs> right. Let's just talk about for a second. We, we've seen Josh now on the field at OTAs. We've seen him off the field at these various events. Let's talk about Josh vibes here on, during the off season. The man looks Ooh, pretty happy. Yeah. Don't you get that feeling like the hair's a little longer? It's a little flowy. He was at the Kentucky Derby as well, I should mention. We talked about like single guy Josh. He looks like he's he's loose. He's happy. He's He's got a glow to him. Don't you think? I A glow maybe is fair. He seems freewheeling and fun and loose. He seems loose. That's the term I'll use. Guy seems loose. Yes. I like it. Loose is a goose. Isn't that important? I want my quarterback to be a little loose. Yeah. I'm, Who cares? I definitely want my quarterback to be a little loose. Yeah, I don't want him to be tense. I don't want him to be uptight, get nervous on the field, nervous off the field. I want him to be loose. I want him to be relaxed, no care in the world. I'm, I'm liking this version of Josh. Yes. The chosen one, J17, the franchise. It seems to be like he's poised to go like Super Saiyan. He's found his inner peace. He's just going to reach this new level of Josh Allen-ness this season due to this inner calmness, inner freedom, whatever you want to call it. I'm excited to see what this version of Josh off the field produces to on the field Josh. Me too. Will it be looser? Are we going to see a loosey-goosey Josh? Because has the criticism not always been that he's like too loosey-goosey? Mm, yeah. Like, how would you define his loosey-goosiness in the past? Um, Like hero ball stuff. Hero ball stuff. See, I don't think that's like loosey-goosey. I think that's more like try too hard. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. I think, I think it, I'm think i saying more loose, like he just lets the game come to him a little more instead of trying to put everything on I his see. back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I hope that's Ken mm-hmm. Dorsey's philosophy as well. Because a lot of times last year it was, oh, crap, it's third and eight. We're going to send four vertical routes and have Josh be Josh. <laughs> like Josh, go out there and do something. That It was far too often the case last year, or it seemed to be. So a looser Josh, a more experienced Dorsey could be a good combo. Less forcing things, less feeling like he's pressured, a better offensive line hopefully will help with that. So I, I, I'm liking this Josh. He just, and I, I think it's like when I talk about vibes, He's at the Blue Jays game doing BP, and he's crushing the ball. He's at the Micah Hyde charity game, softball game downtown, crushing the ball. Like That's like single manpower. That's like I'm loose. I'm comfortable of where I'm at in life power. It's just a natural thing, it seems like. So he's at the PGA. He's talking to Rory. He's talking to Jim Nance. Talking to Jim Beheim, not riding a bike while doing it, thank God, but he's talking to the Syracuse, former Syracuse coach. Would you call it a maturity? I don't know. I don't know. But I'm liking the vibes I got from Josh these past couple weeks. Do you think that his hair is also contributing to this vibe? It's more loose and flowy. Um, I suppose, yeah. Or is it just I think a, it's the, I don't know, just a part of things? I think it's, it's like just more of like a thing. now that he's single, supposedly. Obviously, speculation, but mm-hmm. I think it's just like a, a pivot. Like this is a new version of Josh, new hair, new facial hair. He doesn't have the kind of, how would I even describe it? Like not fully grown in 
mustache and beard. Like it's very patchy. Now it's either, you know, kind of clean and or even non-existent. All I know is my wife saw the picture of Josh at the Kentucky Derby and did that hand like fanning her face thing. And oh, that was really? like the one moment. Yeah. Yeah. What concern, listeners, concern. This is a new version of Josh. You never did my wife never did that. I'm just thinking that like that reason alone, it's an it's a new Josh. New Josh off the field, new Josh on the field. Yeah. I think this is all part of it. Is that the one like motion you don't want to see your wife do? The the hand fanning. Absolutely. The face? That would drive me nuts. Yeah, would not be into it. Tony, a guy the Bills fans are not getting good vibes from is Stefan Diggs, whether it's the cryptic messaging on Twitter and social media, or as of this week, his absence from OTAs. And this isn't the first time he's been absent from voluntary OTAs. Now, in a week or two, the mandatory minicamp, middle of June, he's obviously got to show up for that. So I'm fully expecting he will be there. But Tony, we have a special guest to introduce this topic. The return of musical supergroup Rockapella. Stefan Diggs. All right. Tony Rockapella, one of your favorites. Great to be here. I do. I do love Rockapella. <laughs> Who doesn't? Tonality of their voices, the, the bass, sultry tones. Can't love Rockapella. But Tony, Stefan Diggs' absence, obviously a, a pain point for Bill's Mafia. Me personally, I could care less. The man in three seasons has put up three consecutive, as a Buffalo Bill, three seasons as a Buffalo Bill, has put up three consecutive seasons, over 1,000 yards, double-digit touchdowns, over 100 catches. I don't care what he's doing in May. If he's putting up those kind of stats by January, he could be doing anything in, in May, and I could care less. Tony, should we be concerned with Stefan Diggs' absence, in your opinion? Not in the least bit. I could care less. He, the man can do what he wants. They're voluntary OTAs. If it was up to me, do I wish he'd be here? I guess. I don't care. It's fine that he's not here. And But I say this, if he didn't show up last year, which he didn't, if he didn't show up last year and then was like it was a noticeable issue, then I'd be singing a different story. But right. I don't care because it's oh, he's always found success regardless. It's clear that, you know, Josh doesn't mind. The offensive staff doesn't mind. It's fine. It's fine. Nobody minds. It's Nobody should fine. care. Everyone's always like, oh, this shows a lack of leadership and all this. Like, Vaughn's there. He's not participating, but he's there. Tamar Hamlin's practically died last year, and he's there. Right. Why isn't Stefan Diggs there? Prima Donna, it's a lack of leadership. Whatever the talking points are to get fans all in a tizzy. I, I don't care. Again, where in the world is Stefan Diggs? I don't care. But Tony, where do you think he could be, or what do you think he could be doing? Give give me your give me your most wittiest thought. Well, my initial thought, witty or otherwise, is that he's filming Family Feud All Stars. Of course, how could he not? Him, Steve after his Harvey, disappointing he, performance last time. Yeah, he's got to come out big on this one. So it's him. It's Steve Harvey. They're cooking up something classy. They're cooking up something that will literally send shockwaves through the television community. There's no writers right now. They need Stefan Diggs. So right. f- for the need, he's got to skip OTAs. I think it's only necessary. Yes. Family Feud is much more important it's, than OTAs. Well, yeah, I, I think I would agree with that as well. And if we learn anything from the Fast and Furious movies, family's everything. <laughs> and maybe even Feud <laughs> is true. family are everything. Mm-hmm. And he knows that. Tony- he, he knows that. 
He knows. And he's always with his brother practicing. Right. Tony, where I think Stefan Diggs is in the world, I have two thoughts. One, he's the spokesperson for a national dental product like Crest Toothpaste or something, Aquafresh, maybe. Uh, And he's doing commercials. Obviously, Bills fans know him well for his flossing on the sidelines. I think we get a uh, 9 out of 10 Stefan Diggs recommend this toothpaste or this floss. I think that would be just a natural fit. You know, if this is the case, it would be years long coming that he should be having it's overdue. a floss endorsement. It's well overdue. Whenever I still even, and this is 100% honest, like when I floss, I still think about Stefan Diggs or the memory of Stefan Diggs is what reminds me to floss when I see the floss. Stefan Diggs is... Is dental hygiene personified? Yes. Yeah. Is dental hygiene personified? I'm just going to say like curing gingivitis issues across the world, just being who he is. The minute we see it, that's actually maybe that's maybe my second uh, proposal here as to where he could be. This is a doctors without borders situation, but he's doing it for dentistry. He's bringing floss to all those who need floss in every corner of the world. Yeah, it's flossers without borders. Harold, the best without borders. Literally without borders, because you got to get that floss between the teeth. You can't be hindered by a border within your mouth. Right. This has a and lot of because Stefan Diggs. Word of, we've word seen him in Toronto a lot lately. It really, yeah, it really yeah, does. Yes, yes, it does. Uh, my second thought was going back to his Minnesota Vikings days. Of course, the viral video of who's the one person on the <laughs> team you wouldn't let your sister date. Everyone chose Stefan Diggs. I say he's filming the newest season of Love Is Blind. Oh, okay. He wants to find love. And he's going to do it without ever having seen them. They see each other eventually. Have you ever watched the show, Tony? Yeah. Um, I've watched bits and pieces of it. I know that sometimes they fall, they claim to fall in love without having seen each other. And like a marriage proposal will happen before they see each other. Or to which I do, say, I mean, Stefan is say. not putting up with that. No. I mean, if Travis Kelsey can get his own reality show, Catching Kelsey, lasted one season, why, uh-huh. why can't Stefan Diggs? Why can't he get his own romance reality show? I mean, yeah, that would be Scar- charismatic. I, we would all watch. It's good looking. We'd all watch that. Well, oh, we watched the T.O. show, which was literally about, about a nothing. Bill. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. We watched the T.O. show. It was literally about nothing. We would easily watch a... Uh, but we did. Despite... We wouldn't. We wouldn't. We couldn't miss an episode of T.O. show. No, because <laughs> we got to see like how they're filming buffalo or how they're showing buffalo off to the world yeah to the world of VH1. yes exactly now I mean, do you think it was really about nothing buffalo yeah i know and and let us not forget i think it was more like that era of cable reality tv was made for buffalo because that was also an era when fraternity life and sorority life was at oh UB. yes i remember was that, that. The only yeah. were those the only uh seasons were those the only seasons frat life no they couldn't life? have been did they do other schools? They couldn't have been. They had to, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't I'm, know. I'm looking did. it up. But I was into it. Soon as soon as I heard, like, yeah, there's a reality shows and it's about UB frats and sororities. Obviously, I'm all over that. As a high school freshman, what more could I want in a TV viewing experience? Right. Right. It lasted two seasons. Okay. What was the second season first, school? First season occurred at University of Buffalo called Students yes. Pledging for the Sigma Chi Omega. Oh, fun. That's a fun fact. See, this is why I love podcasting. We find fun walks down memory lane like this. Uh, the fraternity ended up getting in trouble for illegal hazing and breaking into the Buffalo Zoo. <laughs> <laughs> Don't remember that during the season. Me neither. 
I guess I was too <laughs> engrossed in T.O. show. I guess so. Uh, the second season, man, they really they really jumped up a, a, another level here. They went from University of Buffalo to the University of California, Santa Cruz. Oh, well, okay then. Yeah, where... You take me um, in the UC system, you got, you got yourself a, a, a hit. Also, subsequently, where two frat brothers stole a koi from the Midas Pond on campus. What is with fraternities and animal liberation stuff with animals? Yeah. <laughs> is that a thing? Did I miss out on that in college? I never joined a fraternity, but I don't remember fraternities doing or having an infatuation with the animal life of where they reside. The local zoo, the local pond, degrading animals left and right on fraternity life. The thing I remember about that was uh, one of the key, I don't want to say characters because they're real people, like one of the people that I was following. It was him and his girlfriend's anniversary. So they went to Salvatore's and I was okay. like, mm, Salvatore's. I was, I don't know. Like I reacted to that. Like you have College a like, kid you who have can a afford TV, Salvatore's. Yeah. Like you have a TV show behind you and Salvatore's is what we're doing. They would have like scouted locations and stuff. We're going to go to Salvatore's. Nothing about this adds up. This no. is not, I don't know. Maybe it was just ahead of my time. The executive producer on sorority and fraternity life, JJ Jameson. Okay. Also the producer of the newspaper, the daily bugle and Spider-Man. J. Jonah Jameson. None of this was real. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't. My, they had. They had. It was me all. A, it was all a flash nightmare in our minds. This happened. None of this happened in real life. Kids stealing animals from zoos and ponds. Spider-Man character being executive producer. Was MTV even real? I don't know. At this point, you're just like this is a real. This is becoming a real like Mandela effect situation over here. I know, right? <laughs> so that's Stefan Diggs this week absent i don't care tony doesn't care you shouldn't care either listeners once again if he is uh pouty when it comes to actually having to be required to be there then we can start to get concerned guess who else isn't there tony greg mansk isn't there where's the uproar about greg mansk not being there god damn mansk. he hasn't earned that he has not earned that right yet he's not the man anymore no Three weeks ago, he was sliding on rain tarps at the ball, the ballpark. And I'm like, oh, oh man, was he? Greg Manska. Yeah, it was raining and they had to put the tarp out on the field. And uh, Greg oh. Mance was doing some uh, slip and slide action on the tarp. And I had for half a second the thought of, is Greg Manska thing? Like, is he in the the inner circle of the Bills with Josh right. and Dawson? Not like, is Greg Mance like goofing himself onto this team here? And now he's not here for voluntary minicam. And I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe I dropped the gun show. on Greg Mance. <laughs> I hope You're not. describing someone who's like, would be in <laughs> that the seems like show. a Nathan for it you. Bit. Be the first that, time. Who was the security guard on Nathan for you? That, that was Greg Mance <laughs> giving him his own reality. Oh, the, sec- the security guard on Nathan for you. Good deep hole. Deep hole. But Tony, let's talk about OTAs. Let's get into it here. And of course, when we talk about OTAs, we have to talk about the biggest name in Bill's history when it comes to OTAs, and that is TJ Graham. Every year, the the Bills had TJ Graham. I remember the articles about how this is TJ Graham's breakout season, how he looks better than everyone else out there during OTAs. The pads aren't on. He's fast. Like, no, TJ Graham absolutely did nothing. So, Tony, to kick off our OTA talk for this episode, let's pick your and my award winner, for the TJ Graham 
this guy will get overhyped in OTAs and doesn't make an impact during the regular season award. Tony, who are you giving your award to as a guy who's going to get overhyped during OTAs and then make no impact during the regular season whatsoever, much like TJ Graham did for two, three years he was on the Bills? Who are you going Okay, so I'm choosing someone not necessarily who has been getting hyped, but who I just think in the offseason will be potentially getting hyped. Now, like Is last year, who was it? Tavon Austin. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that whole thing. Oh, how quickly we forget him about the Tavon Austin. Oh, how quickly we forget. Mm. That was a um, fun I'm going to say, yes, it was. Yeah. He was good. Like, we were really talking about Tavon Austin. Like, he was going to make the team. Because the indications yeah. were that he was going to make the team. Hmm. My speculation is that you're going to start to hear a lot of weird stuff in the positive about one of our newest bills, Shane Ray. Oh, okay. And everything's like going to be about Shane Ray. And then all of a sudden he's on the practice squad never to leave. It could be. Shane Ray that, that's a, feels like that's a someone very good pick. who, yeah, like a lot of raw talent, like a lot of things would look good about Shane Ray and what Shane Ray is supposed to be able to do. But yeah. everything about OTAs is what's on display is what you can do and what you're supposed to be able to do. But then when push comes to shove, literally in the case of Shane Ray, because of the position that he plays, can he deliver? And I would say that there's going to be a lot of talk about, man, Shane Ray is looking good, but it's kind of a looks good in shorts type situation. I think that's a very good pick because Shane Ray, obviously a former first round pick. And the thing that really gets the TJ Graham award and the hype train going for these players is the story. And Shane Ray has the story. Former first round pick, busted out of the league, went to the CFL. Now it's his redemption tour. That warrants like overhypeness. Yeah. We want to see this the guy. Scene is set. So we're going to overhype him. Right. We're going to be like, this is the Dean's story. next diamond in the rough. He's about to win executive of the year again because of the Shane Ray signing. Yes. Because <laughs> he's just so damn talented. Puncher's chance he makes the roster. Wouldn't you say like Vaughn's supposedly? Out. Oh, that's by the way. Speaking of Vaughn, we had our another Marshall Brady sure Vaughn moment. When he <laughs> said he's going to be back by week six. Okay, sure, Vaughn. Whatever you say. Keep talking. I believe that, actually. That's what I believe. No, that sounds please. possible to me. All right. You want, to get a, you want to get interesting with it here on the air? Oh, wow. Yeah, a little Betsky here. All right. So I get <laughs> week six or, or before you get week seven and after? Yeah. All right. We'll the, figure uh, out compensation later. Yeah, I like that. I'll take that. Indeed, yeah. we will. Absolutely. All right. Because guess what? We have no reason to believe anything Vaughn says at this point. Because he has proven himself to be a liar. Is liar the right word? Or he is like isn't. He's proven himself to little, be he's a yellow journalist. Yeah. Yeah. Overzealous. He's a sensationalist. Yes, he's a sensationalist. That's a good way to put it. So we have no <laughs> reason to believe anything Vaughn has said or will say up until this point. His track record is nada. It's zilch. If he was a baseball player, his hitting average would be zero. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'll take that. I'll take the week seven or after. He's a mid-30s player coming mm-hmm. off an ACL injury. Yeah, I'll take that all day. But no, I like the Shane Ray pick. I think that's a that's a very good one. Tony, for my TJ Graham award, overhyped player, I got to go with, and I don't want to do it because I kind of like him, and I hope I'm wrong about him. I kind of got to go with one of our newest faces. I want to go with Puna Ford. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about Puna Ford. Am What's I that? just a sucker? 
I'm excited about Puna Ford. Am I just a sucker for the propaganda here? Maybe. I I just feel like again, like a like a Tavon Austin, he's just getting a lot of hype for being in a rotation of five guys at this point. Like as our guest last week, Bruce Nolan, talked about like the defensive tackles. Typically, Sean McDermott and company roll out four defensive tackles. So either there's going to have to be a change schematically in terms of guys like Ed Oliver maybe playing edge in some cases. We have word that like Boogie Basham is packed on a few pounds and maybe he'll bump inside in certain packs. So I like Puna Ford a lot. But do we like him in the fact that he's a good player or do we like him in the fact that we love seeing like super big dudes like Sam Adams. I could see Puna Ford getting in a lot of hype and then kind of just being a guy. I think that why we really like Puna Ford is because we've heard of Puna Ford. You know, like, I, I mean, if you yes. remember the, the early days of this, like that's, that's a good point. What it is, is that, oh, someone's available that I've heard of that, like, at some point had some hype surrounding them. We should sign them regardless of if they fit the scheme or anything or if their contract makes sense or if they have baggage or not, I've heard of them. We should sign them. That sounds great. I just want right. this roster to be people that I've already heard of. So I think that's a very good point. That's that's like Bill's thing. MO, yeah. right? Bill's fans MO. Yes, like, it's very hey, much. I, I, heard I, think of that guy. I think it's, yeah, I think it's every casual football fans MO, especially everyone who is a fan, like at least in the nineties and before, like if you were a fan of yeah. the bills and you're aware the information wasn't out there, like you didn't really have to understand that much about football to know what was going on the fans weren't as educated back then. And so I think it's just like, yeah, I've heard of them. That sounds great. Yeah. Get them in here. Puna Ford in the last two years, his stats have decreased. If you will, uh, two years ago, he had 53 tackles last year. He had 35, uh, run stuffs. He had eight and a half two years ago. He had two and a half last year. So statistically there's cause for concern with Puna Ford. And once again, like, Physically, like the dude is 310 to 20 pounds, 5'11", like that's that's a bowling ball. <laughs> yeah. That's a bowling that's ball a of a human nature. Yeah. We don't see a lot of five, like under six foot, 300 pound dudes in the NFL. I'm just saying like, is his body not able to hold up with these taller, lengthier, more athletic play? I don't know. I'm just saying like, I, I think I think that's a good take of like, I think we like Puna Ford because we've heard of Puna Ford. Mm-hmm. I could definitely so see could, Puna Ford being I like... I could see him disappointing. I could just see him never really getting, or at least it's perceived that he's never really getting a fair chance because they'll see like his size as a liability. And then all of a sudden he's on the team, but gets like so such minimal reps, it's like forgettable. Right. If he's on the team and getting 20% of snaps, like A, why did we sign him? Right. And B, why did we keep him around? <laughs> right. Like that's just me. There's, and maybe we'll, maybe I'll just so be many snaps to go around. Inactive a lot, possibly, possibly. But I can see him getting hyped in in the off season, just because again, as you mentioned, Puna Ford is a name we've heard of before. So that that is my choice for the the TJ Graham guy. We think is going to get overhyped, but doesn't make an impact. Tony, but let's talk about guys that have impressed early on in OTAs, and based on various reports from beat writers that have been at OTAs and very minimal interaction. I think the people, the media get uh, one session this week and one next week out of all the 
practices throughout this two weeks of OTAs here. So the one practice we did get and got word of, a couple of players have impressed, according to reports. I want to start off with one guy, though, who both you and I really like. And I want to talk about him because if he succeeds, there's an interesting dialogue to be had. And that is one more power. Christian Benford. <laughs> Christian Benford has looked good, according to reports. According to defensive backs coach John Butler, he has worked his tail off this offseason. We asked a question a couple weeks ago, a couple episodes ago. If Christian Benford beats out Kyrie Elam again, what do you do with Kyrie Elam? Because now you have a first-round pick mm. who you traded up for two years in a row getting beat out by a seventh-round pick. And that's why I say it's an interesting dialogue if he succeeds, because that's an interesting topic of conversation. So, Tony, is this a possibility? Could Christian Benford again beat out Kyrie Elam for that second starting cornerback role? Look, and if he does, uh, what do you think? I think that no matter what, I think that the phrase beat out doesn't tell the whole story. I think no matter yeah. what, they'll just be in a rotation. And he who gets the graphic on CBS as the official starter, that's kind of just whatever. I think it's going to be a rotation no matter what. I think it's good to have their rotation, they'll have fresh legs out there. Like we often see the rotation at this position, but we often see, even more often, what we see is injuries at this position mm -hmm. and it's all we we always find that it's good to have depth or that we need the depth we feel i feel like we see it every year so i don't know i'm not concerned about it i'm not worried about it i really don't care when they were drafted just give me the best guy out there in any given situation i'm glad that we have an embarrassment of riches and so like we struck on christian benford like i don't think this is a situation of pacheco and elair i think that there's plenty of room and plenty of situations for us both especially in a in a passing league and especially when I say passing league, a situation where teams, well, I hope, end up trying to pass on us a lot because they'll be down. That's so the ideal both. scenario, right? That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that's the ideal it's scenario. Just interesting guess that, what? That is the scenario. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's just interesting that early on, Christian Benford is getting the praise from the media and the coaching staff and not Elam because Elam, for the most part, finished pretty strong last season after... Benford had his month-long, month-and-a-half-long injury. He, he kind of never really saw the field when he got back because of Elam's good play. Elam had interception in the playoff game. Like Elam played really well, so you think he could ride that momentum to a starting role or, or a more cemented starting role this offseason, at least to start the offseason. But it doesn't seem to be the case, and you're right. There seems to be, much like a lot of the defensive positions, a rotation here. Sands safety and who knows with mm -hmm. rap now in the picture but they like dane jackson they like his football iq according to uh joe Siagli at the athletic uh they like his toughness so he's he's in the picture they like benford obviously and they maybe like elam i don't think never seem to get any good gauge on if they're happy with elam or not but uh you know based on his good play at the end of last year you gotta think he's in the picture for significant snaps. And then uh, there's been a lot of talk about Trey White this offseason and how he's more dialed in coming off that injury and more mentally preparing himself and, and more mentally ready to get back to where he was before the injury at an all pro level like he was. So it's good to see 
word about that and Trey White's performance, making a couple of plays during the first day of OTAs here. But like I mentioned with Bruce last week, it just seems that McDermott's philosophy on defense is this cream rising to the top philosophy of like, we're just going to throw everything out there and we're just going to ride the hot hand this season. We're going to have a four-man rotation, maybe five-man rotation in the defensive tackle position, four-man rotation at defensive edge, maybe five. If uh, our dude Kingsley Jonathan continues to improve and and make a name for himself, uh, we're going to have this rotation at cornerback and we're just going to ride the hot hand. If Elam's playing good and he's locked down, we're going to ride Elam. If Benford is playing good and playing locked down, we're going to ride Benford. If Ed Oliver's well, man, that... consistent penetration, Ed Oliver, you're going to get the majority of the snaps. And then as the season progresses and whatever cream rises to the top, that's what cream will be playing. And man, it's not just hot hands, but it's situational. You know, they will all come in with their own strengths and weaknesses. So play those strengths to different situations and circumstances. So it's nice to have talented players that maybe you can diversify things with a little bit. Oh, absolutely. I agree. In, in, a, in a sense, do you think also the flip side of that is you kind of got to let these guys get into a groove within the game, a flow of the game? Like you can't keep switching them in and out. Yes, they're fresher, but I think there's something to be said about, especially at the cornerback position, when you're hopefully constantly lining up against the same guy, snap after snap after snap. You can see his tendencies, you can see his nuances, his route running prowess and what he's doing and then kind of adjust throughout the game if you're constantly switching in and out and in and out i don't know if these guys if if we're allowing them to get into a flow of the game and adjust accordingly it's just they seem to put an emphasis on freshness which in a sense is good but i think there also needs to be some flowiness (laughs) to this defense if you will that's my concern valid point i don't know where i stand on that i think that I also am valuing freshness, but I got to say, I think that I, I, I'm listening to your point and that's making a lot of sense to me too. It's, I don't know where I stand. Yeah. I'm of two minds. So it'll be interesting how this transpires, how this progresses throughout the off season with a lot of these positions, cornerback, defensive tackle, even on the offensive line at a position like guard, Torrance Osiris versus Ryan Bates, things like that. Right. We'll see that play out. Well, I think so, a guard, offensive line has to be in the flow. You cannot be rotating out offensive line. But every other position, with, I'm like... We saw that with Cody Ford's rookie year of him constantly switching in right. with Ty and Secchi. So do we see that with right. Torrance? You have Bates as a veteran, Torrance as a rookie, obviously. Do they kind mm-hmm. of interchange them series after series, whatever it was? But we've seen this before from this coaching staff, do that with Cody Ford. So I wouldn't be surprised if they do that with Torrance Osiris as well. And they were purposely saying his name incorrectly. Or I hope they learn from their mistakes. We know what we're talking about. And whatever they do, whatever they did with Cody Ford, don't do that. (laughs) That's the wrong mentality. Whatever you did with Quanjo, whatever you did with Cody Ford, whatever you did with Cordy Glenn, don't do any. (laughs) Learn from your mistakes, please. We're going to have a player end up in the fields of Elma pantsless. Right. Or randomly on transit road with a with a loaded gun, a la Alex Carrington. King of Lockport. That story is one of my favorites, only in the fact that I read it and literally my first reaction was not like, oh, that's a shame. Like Alex Carrington got arrested or <laughs> had a loaded gun or put people in danger. It was like, Alex Carrington's still in Buffalo? That was like yeah. literally. And in Lockport? <laughs> and in Lockport? Like, what? <laughs> what? He hasn't been on the bills in like, five years what's going on 
So the community has a way about it. <laughs> uh, moving over to the offensive side of the ball with Stefan Diggs's absence comes opportunity for other players to shine. It seems like the one guy taking that opportunity and running with it literally because he's out there running running routes uh, is Trent Shurfield, one of the newest mm. faces to the Buffalo Bills. I think Trent Shurfield could be a super sneaky signing. The question was always coming from the Dolphins. Is he a talent in himself or was he just a product of the defense's focus on Jalen Waddle and Terry Hill? And I'm hoping it's the former. Like he's just a really good player. I think he's a very good fifth receiver. I think he's a very good special teams player. And I will be ever grateful that he is the Taiwan Jones replacement. So Trent Shurfield will always be in my good graces and I'll always be a fan of him because of that. We get a much bigger upgrade on special teams and we know how Sean McDermott and his coaching staff value special teams. So that's a positive. But Trent Shurfield seems to be a weapon. Josh stated he's one of the hardest working players he's ever seen. Now, I don't know if that's just a Joshism and he says that about everyone, which I think he does. But mm-hmm. I kind of like Trent Shurfield's game last year. And if he was a good third receiver on that Dolphins team, whose offense I did really like, he could be a great fourth or fifth receiver on a Ken Dorsey offense that I'm mildly optimistic about. Um, mildly optimistic is a good way to attribute <laughs> the feelings yes. of, the, of the second year here. I think that this is more along the lines of a TJ Graham situation. As soon as I heard Josh type it up, I'm like, oh, well, that's going to end up being completely irrelevant. I don't buy it. I don't buy it until I see for real the role that he's going to play and it being significant. And I don't think that I buy that it's going to be significant until I start to see some real game action. I think that I think that this Very is just thought because to me, this just feels like Robert Foster. Oh, yes. Hype in a vacuum, unexpectedly good. But then when you really look at the situation, not really that good. Very well could be the case. Uh, the one thing I do not like could be taking reps away from the He-Wolf. That's a no-go mm-hmm. in our book. That's yeah. not good. I mean, this is clearly a, like, we're clearly coming at this with a bias. Oh, of course. Huge bias. But I do like Trent Shurfield. My thought is, Trent Shurfield looks good. Gabe Davis looks healthy. Obviously, he had that ankle injury last year. Uh, a lot of talk about how he looked fluid and impressive during OTAs here this week. And we talk about, like, we like these players. Do we like Ken Dorsey? And do we trust Ken Dorsey to utilize these players in the correct way to get the best out of them. And correlating to that, can Ken Dorsey be creative enough to expose mismatches on defenses and whatnot? My proposal to you, Ken Dorsey, because I know you're listening as much as the players do. We've had proof of that throughout the years here of this podcast. Oh God. Right, Tony? (laughs) Yes. I completely forgot about that situation, but I didn't think Uh, we we would ever bring it up again. (laughs) Well, we didn't name them, so it's okay. My proposal to Ken Dorsey, six wide, the first ever six wide package. <laughs> let me take Why what you're giving not? me. Let me take what you're giving me. Let me turn it right around on you. Let me one up you. Seven wide. That's in our Bryles offense, if I ever heard one. We really only need a center. The only role that's absolutely necessary playing <laughs> a function on the O line. I think we need more than a center, as we see with. Uh, many trick plays throughout the years in the NFL. If you get like three offensive linemen and try to like do some weird formations, it blows up in teams faces 
often. Uh, a lot of the Cowboys last year when they like lined up Ezekiel Elliott at center. <laughs> that was just disaster mm. from the start. Um, or Bill's legend, Colt Anderson, on the Colts with the maybe worst play in NFL history on that fake punt. There was only one center there as well. So I, I don't know if only a center would be <laughs> very productive, but I, I'm eight thinking wide. like six wide. I'm thinking six wide, eight wide, ten wide. Josh snaps it to himself and throws to himself as the eleventh receiver. Wow. A la Mr. Perfect. Yes. I like Chalky's due to Baker. Yeah. But no, like six wide, four offensive linemen, Josh obviously throwing. I mean, why not? You have all these weapons. You have all these weapons you can utilize. And this is what I like about the wide receiver group this year. All have very different distinguishable skill sets, I feel like. Like Stefan Diggs is your intermediate, superb route runner. You know, can get downfield and can go over the top when called on. But superior route runner, Gabe Davis, sideline, toe tapping, good catch radius. Shakir, slot receiver, Trent Shurfield, jack of all trades. Deontay Hardy, Harris, field stretcher, yards after catch guy. Like they all have different skill sets to me. So I'm saying just blow it out. Utilize those skill sets to their fullest. Go six wide. I think it would be interesting. I'm just saying, I think it would be an interesting concept. What would the defenses do uh, if you lined up Diggs, Davis, Kincaid, Knox, Shakir, Hardy? It would be pandemonium. It would be chaos. <laughs> I guess. I mean, you get a linebacker and a safety on two of those guys. Yeah. I mean, if that's two a of lot your of mismatches you can expose. I guess that's true. Yeah. Yeah, if you like the mismatches. It's not crazy when you think about it. Or is it just crazy enough to work? But Trent Sherfield making an impression on Josh early. Obviously, we've heard about Josh's texting of Brandon Bean on the Dalton Kincaid pick. And I'll channel Charlie Kelly here. When I look at Dalton Kincaid and see highlights of Dalton Kincaid, for a man his size, his route running is smooth. Very smooth. Very classy for you Sunny fans, as Charlie says, with the dentist system when he's learning it. But that's how I feel about Dalton Kincaid's route running. Like, very smooth, very, very smooth, very classy route running for a guy his size. I'm not overhyping it. He's not, I don't know if he's the next Travis Kelsey, but I think he has a skill set that will translate very quickly to the NFL. So, again, it's about Dorsey using that. He can be a big-time mismatch for this offense on opposing defenses with his hands, his catchability, with his brow running for a guy his size. The question now is, Tony, like, the Bills were Super Bowl favorites, media darlings last offseason. And I think this is a better roster overall than last year. Are the Bills not being talked about enough? I think that we're just at a point where we're all kind of used to the Bills being in that fold. Like the possibility always exists that they can be one of the top teams. Better than last Josh, year. Anything's possible. Yes, I agree. Better than last year, I think, is too much for me. But they're good. They're they're good. I think a lot hinges on how these new players pan out. Last year there was enough consistency. I think we kind of knew that we were gonna be quite good. This year, yeah. it's like we think we're gonna be quite good because we think that most of this is gonna work out. But it remains to be seen. I feel like the only position they have downgraded is linebacker. And this coming from yes. a person who was not a Tremaine Edmonds fan, even worse, Terrell Bernard, Bernard fan. Also, Terrell, have you seen like clips of Terrell Bernard during OTAs yet? 
I have not seen any clips of him specifically. When you see a clip, you may agree with me, you may not. Uh, listeners, you may agree, you may not. The dude put on about negative three pounds of muscle in the offseason. And if that is your middle linebacker replacement, as we all think might be the case, I thought he was going to come into OTAs with some Devin Singletary, swole Jack transformation going on here. Like he was going to put on like 10 to 15 pounds of muscle in the offseason. And no, it's not the case. I think I mentioned when he was drafted, this is Keith Ellison 2.0. And it's looking very Keith Ellison 2.0 right now. The dude is tiny mm-hmm. and he looks tiny. Mm-hmm. It's like the Sabres. They have a defenseman named Jacob Bryson, and he's a small defenseman as opposed to like typical defenseman in the NHL. But the problem is you could be a small defenseman in the NHL and be very good. There's many examples of that in the NHL, but not if you play small. If you are small and you play small, then you're going to run into trouble. I feel like that's the case with Terrell Bernard. He looks small and he kind of plays small from the little we've seen of him last year. And I think really that's not the a good recipe here. for success. Oh, no. I'm it's, just saying, it's like, fair what you're pouring I'm just it. saying, like, he's got the greatest opportunity in front of him. There is an open spot on a Super Bowl contender for your position. I thought he would take every advantage to be like, yeah, I'm the guy. And, and maybe from a plane standpoint, he takes that leap. But from a judging a book by its cover, first sight glance, instant review, I thought I would see more physical transformation. I, I hope I'm wrong from the physical or from the uh, playing standpoint. And he does take a leap and he understands the scheme and understands his skill set and how it applies to the NFL and this defense a little more. And he does become an impact player. But physically, I just don't see it. Yeah, I mean, I think that we've seen already like that's a, that was his biggest drawback last year. And I think was a major development was his size. And now these like doubling down on his size. So I was also anticipating some sort of yeah. move in terms of the way his body is formed. And uh, yeah, not seeing that has me very just surprised, I guess. But I also think that the Bill's training staff is a key figure in this and they have a vision of what they're trying to create in him. So I, we'll see what happens, but I'm, I'm not optimistic. I am not optimistic either. Whereas like on the the flip side, like Dorian Williams, that dude's a little bit bigger than I expected. And and as Brandon Bean and McDermott said this week, like they're going to put him right at middle linebacker and see if he can perform. Last week we talked about them giving Terrell Bernard every opportunity to win that second linebacker position job. I mean, we'll see when the pads go on, but from a from a short standpoint, and if Bills fans know anything, it's judging people wearing shorts or how they look in shorts. I don't know if Terrell Bernard is is fitting the mold here of what I see. Like, I don't know. I'm much more hyped for like Dorian Williams than I am for Terrell Bernard. At this I am point. too, so, but I've already given up on Terrell Bernard. So as have I. The, as the, have ship, I. the ship sailed. The ship sailed out of the port already. It's it's not coming back. It's not it's not making a UE anytime soon, is it? Yeah. Tony, anybody else from reports you read, clips you've seen, anybody else at this first day of OTAs that we should mention that that interests you or or has has piqued your interest at all? Uh literally there's only one more player that I have seen do any kind of anything at these OTAs, 
and, and we don't have to talk about it because he just looks better than expected considering the circumstance. It's obviously DeMar Hamlin. A lot of eyes on Hamlin. Ah, yes. It's clearly better than expected just because it's like a miracle that any of this is happening. he's there. Um, yes. Yeah, because he's there and like he's in pads and he's like doing stuff. So I don't know. That's the only one. There's nothing else to talk about with it, really. Uh, that's everyone that I've seen at OTAs. It seems like we're poised for uh, the greatest Bills season of our lives. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. We should we should mention Demar Hamlin before we we uh, we end the episode here because it is amazing to see him out there after what happened or what went down last year. From a player perspective, there's a million Demar Hamlins out there. He wasn't mm-hmm. great in coverage, good in the box guy. Like there, there's a lot of guys like that out there. Now from a team perspective and a process perspective and a mentality perspective, seeing DeMar Hamlin out there, seeing him participate, even if he's a practice squad guy this year, seeing him get back to being on this roster, being an active member of this team. I think mentally for all the mental toll that this team went through last year, like that could be a really positive mental thing to take. If other players see Damar Hamlin, what he suffered point. last year, fight back to keep living his dream or whatever, however you want to describe it. I think that resonates throughout a locker room and could be like the positive mojo or positive mentality that this team desperately needs after all the negative they went through last year, not only with Hamlin, mm-hmm. but with everything else. So, yeah, like a, a nice inspiring inspiration spark. Yes, right. Exactly. Yeah. So great to see DeMar Hamlin out there participating. Great to see him back in a Bills uniform. So thank you, Tony, for for mentioning that before we depart here. But Tony, with that, what do you say we wrap it up? Uh, sounds good. Like a plan that, that I can get behind. And on that extremely positive note. <laughs> that sound you hear? That's the sound of opening up a refreshing cold one on a hot summer day. And you know what's keeping my drink cold, listeners? A quality koozie from Traveling Growler. Follow them on Instagram and check out www.travelinggrowler.com for all their cool designs. Keep the chill in your fill and travel in style with Traveling Growler. Now back to the show. Thank you to our sponsor, as always, Traveling Growler, www.travelinggrowler.com. Quality koozies and products starting at just $5. Shop local, support local, and support a great product like Traveling Growler, www.travelinggrowler.com. Check out the website today. Podcast store teespring.com search witty not funny all one word or type into the googly witty not funny all one word teespring hit the search it's the first result check out all the designs hoodies crewnecks t-shirts long sleeve all original all awesome definitely will be the talking point of your next bill's tailgate or watch party or visit to training camp in mid-july so check out the podcast or support the podcast get some apparel today teespring.com where to find the podcast you can find the podcast anywhere you find podcasts or listen to for free itunes spotify on the built-in buffalo podcast network search built-in buffalo search witty not funny you'll find us if you like us subscribe leave us a review drop in every sunday we always like to say whether you give us two minutes or two hours of your time we greatly appreciate it and we truly do mean that thank you for everyone who has listened or if this is your first time listening thank you for joining Spotify, iTunes, check out the pod on the Built in Buffalo podcast network. Twitter handles, Tony, dabbling in the Twitterverse. And when you're, when you're dabbling, it's a pretty light. The listeners find you. <laughs> it's a pretty light dabble. 
Uh, you can find me at Tony pre- Ambrose. Maybe. Who knows? Find me elsewhere. Tony will be on. Might be elsewhere. <laughs> you can find the podcast yeah. at Witty Sports 716. Twitter, Instagram, Witty Not Funny Sports, TikTok, Facebook. Give us a follow. We love following back, connecting with the Bills, Mafia, Saber Source people, the Buffalo sports community out there. Go check us out on the social medias at Witty Sports 716. Uh, Tony, that's all I got other than send off for the listeners. Give us something good to take into the week. Well, it worked last week, so I'm going to double down on it. I'm going to say go Amherst. Yeah, they won in Hershey big. They're good. Yes, they did win in Hershey. Mm-hmm. And they're, and so they're fun. Hopefully... You see like how they how they trot out yeah. the beer cart in the locker room? Yeah, they, they got it. Uh huh. We like to have a good time. We like to have a good time. like to promote underage drinking, which yep. is done responsibly. In hockey, it is. <laughs> you're, you're cool. It's only 19, but that's fine. It's whatever. That's We're not Yuri here to Kulich. judge. I mean, Whatever. Yuri Kulich. Yuri Kulich is Yuri Kulich. So don't. He he's is. the most Yuri Kulich player. Well, he is. He is. Go Amherst. Go Bandits. Playing in the National Lacrosse League Championship this weekend. Game one. Again, good. Good time for uh, Western New York's alternate sports teams here. The Amherst, of course, took yes. game one against Hershey a couple days ago. So, uh, yeah, go Amherst. Worked last week. Works this week, hopefully. And as I always say, go Bills. And of course, stay witty out there, everyone. Thanks for listening. Peace. Bye. Bye, leader. Marshawn is a fresh of breath there. He just loves chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love eating it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? It's it kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. Stitching, you got it. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, stay focused. Um, work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It feels a bomb. It feels a bomb. It's your boy, DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network.